This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. And it is an interesting show today as we are going to talk about a self-hating prophecy. And to do that, joining us as he does at the end of every week, you can find him on Twitter. On X at Brian Cat NFL, my good friend Cat. Happy Thursday. How you doing, my friend? Uh, doing well, Jake. I mean, last week couldn't have gone any better for the Dolphins, even though they didn't play. I mean, they lose to the Bill. I mean, the Bills and the Jets lose. Bengals lose. Ravens lose. Jaguars lose. Chargers lose. The Browns win over the Bengals, but uh, or excuse me, over the Ravens, but lose their quarterback for the year. I mean. It really couldn't set the Dolphins up any better as they go into this five-game stretch where they're they're expected to be considerable favorites. And I think it's interesting too because that cherry on top. I mean, you can talking about a Sunday. I don't think the cherry really adds anything, but the cherry on top of all this is just the Patriots suck. I think that's a nice little added bonus that we haven't seen in a long time. That's nice, but uh, you know, last last week in this segment we were talking about the Bills having a really tough schedule the rest of the year, you know, and they do still, they play at Philly at KC uh, at the chargers at the dolphins Cowboys at home. And they still play the jets and the Patriots who they lost to um, at both at home. But we even glossed over the fact that they were playing the Broncos on Monday night. Cause I was so convinced that they were just going to bounce back and steamroll. them. So mm-hmm. It really puts the Bills in a spot now at five and five, where if they do break out of that midseason funk like they seem to do every year, it may not even matter. It's kind of funny. We don't have to get too, too far into this, but I kind of felt like the firing of Ken Dorsey is something Dolphins Twitter would do. It was kind of felt like a knee jerk reaction where you're trying to put out a fire with that. God, I don't even know what, what, but it's not water. Yeah. And I think it's something the Bills get fixed, uh, try to get fixed in the off season. But, you know, the Dolphins now, everyone's seen the graphic, you know, 94% chance to make the playoffs, 88% chance to win the AFC East. And make no mistake about it, these next five games here, games you're expected to win. um, Yeah, this, no time for the Dolphins to go to sleep here. The Miami Dolphins are coming off their bye week. I'm sure you didn't forget, but the Dolphins previously fell to the Chiefs in Germany, 21 to 14. Up next is the Las Vegas Raiders. And Kat, we were talking about this a little bit in the DMs. This was a spread that started around nine, and I think now it's up to 13 and a half. So I got to ask you, why is Vegas starting to hate itself? Uh, what, what's happened in these last couple of days, do you think? 
uh, will invent that a lot of people were looking at that line of, you know, still a big line of nine, nine and a half points and betting the Dolphins. And when it got to 11 and a half, they were still betting the Dolphins. And now the last time I looked, it's up to 13 and a half. And uh, I don't blame Vegas uh, for that. I mean, you look at, again, it's, uh, something I reference and try to jinx every every week is you look at their last 15 games since 2018 when they're favored by four or more points. The Dolphins are 15 and 0 and cover the spread I have covered the spread 12 of those 15 times. So big, big line again, big spread. We'll see what happens. It is an interesting matchup because the Raiders fired Josh McDaniels as their head coach and interim head coach Antonio Pierce has the vibes very high for this Raiders team. He is two and oh, but there are some little things you might want to mention. If you're talking about a two and oh interim coach, his two wins, Zach Wilson, Tommy DeVito, uh, I kind of, think back to when Joe Philbin was fired and when man Campbell came in and, and it was kind of the same way. I think he came in, had two dominant performances, uh, chargers and Titans. I think it was. And then that third game, he had to go to new England and the dolphins lost 36 to seven. I think there is something to an interim coach really boosting you and, and mentally uh, calming you down, but I don't think it's something that can last more than a few weeks. Yeah. I remember that really well when Philbin got, got fired and uh, Dan Campbell came in, played the, Titans and then the Texans. And I went to both of those games and they absolutely wiped the floor with them. We were at the Titans together. That's right. And then, and then they stunk the rest of the year back in 2015. But yeah, it's, I don't blame the Raiders for that there. I mean, I, I can't think of a more insufferable character in the NFL than Josh McDaniels. And um, yeah, they, they bring in a hard nosed mentality with Antonio Pierce and you, you've seen that in back-to-back weeks here. But again, they did play the Jets and the Giants. And, you know, the odds makers recognize that. So at the end of the day, you've got the Raiders on offense uh, with an okay offensive line. They're going to have Colton Miller back unexpectedly in this game. I thought he'd be out, but he's going – looks like he's practiced today and he's going to be back. Um, decent offensive line, but they're protecting a rookie quarterback in Aiden O'Connell who, you know, so far on the air is a quarterback rating in the 70s. He's a rookie, not the biggest arm, and he's going to have to go against a big, fast Miami Dolphins defense at home. What do you need to see from this Dolphins defense to finally start putting them in, like, a, a threat territory? I'm not going to call them the, the Eagles in the trenches, but what do you need to see maybe this week as they play against some quality offensive lines? I mean, I go back to the Eagles game where the Dolphins were able to kind of win a bit in the trenches. Um, how do the Dolphins really convince the national media, like, this defense has finally arrived in a performance against the Raiders? I mean, turnovers, that's what it comes down to because on the season we're heading into week 11 and on the season, the dolphins only have four interceptions and, you know, they faced some, some quality quarterbacks here. I mean, just, just in nine weeks, they faced Herbert, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Now you look at the next five games, you've got Zach Wilson, twice Sam Howells. Now Sam Howell leaves the NFL in passing yards. Um, so he could throw for a lot of yards, but also takes a lot of sacks and, and makes a lot of mistakes too. Um, then you've got rookie Will Levis, who's completely cooled down, and you've got Aiden O'Connell. So it's time for the Dolphins' defense to eat. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL media, show, shared a really interesting stat. Even though he picked the Raiders to win this game, I thought that was a little funny. Um, Bradley Chubb has sacks in four straight games. Jalen Phillips has sacks in three straight games. So, I mean, that right away tells you that maybe the turnovers are coming as you're getting more pressure to the quarterback. Uh, but you mentioned it. The Dolphins are playing a rookie quarterback. 
is it going to be a situation? We love the Josh Boyer defense against the rookie quarterback, making them very nervous, panicky. What's going to be different about a Vic Vangio defense facing a rookie quarterback when it's still, you just kind of want to make him get rid of the ball quick, panic and make mistakes. Well, first I have to point out Daniel Jeremiah is breaking my heart because love him in the NFL draft. Not only was he the only one of 10 panelists to, to pick the Raiders in this game, but he picked, he was the only panelist that picked the Broncos to beat the Dolphins back in week, uh, week three. So I don't know what any Dolphin did to him. But anyway, um, the way I look at this Dolphins defense and how, how they might approach this game is, look, the Raiders don't make a lot of big plays on offense. They've got a good trio of Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, and, and Jacoby Myers. But Josh Jacobs on the air averaging 3.3 yards a carry. Devontae Adams averaging 11.6 yards a catch. Jacoby Myers just under 11 yards a catch. So they've got good players, but not a lot of explosive plays. My hope is that the Dolphins don't let Aiden O'Connell just dink and dunk, dink and dunk all the way down the field um, and shorten shorten the game and keep things close. Uh, on third down and, and as, as the team gets, gets past the 50-yard line, if the Raiders do or when they do, uh, hopefully they can tighten things up even before then. Yeah, if you go back and you watch the Raiders win over the Jets last week, I mean, it was Devontae Adams making some excellent catches. Um, the game-winning touchdown, Aiden O'Connell's only touchdown on the day was a jump ball to Michael Mayer where he made an excellent play on the ball. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they can kind of combat that when you consider the Vic Fangio defense wants you to dig and dunk down the field. So I'm interested to see how they kind of put the script on something like that. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he is actually coming off his best game, 27 carries for 116 yards, 4.3 per a long of 40 kind of skews that a little bit, but something to keep in mind too, as his volume increased last Sunday was the first time he had two fumbles in a game and he actually lost one of those fumbles. So I'm interested to see where his momentum is taking him. Yeah. I mean, someone who led the NFL in, in rushing yards last year uh, and overall he, he's a high volume back has 875 rushing and receiving yards this year. So without question, he's getting the ball a lot and you should see that more in this game. I mean, you're going to see a high dose of, of Josh Jacobs. That's pretty obvious, but would not surprise me if he touched the ball 30, 35 times here, because really that's, that's the Raiders only chance to win. They're, they're not going to go to Miami and match them touchdown for touchdown. They've, they've got to hope to limit Miami's drives and run the ball effectively and hopefully break a few, but that's, that to me is their best shot of, of being competitive in this game. The Raiders are one and four on the road this season. And I got to ask, uh, this is, there's a lot that goes into this, but if you had to guess like an average yards per carry, where would that have to be for you to be disappointed in Miami's performance against Josh Jacobs? I would say anything over, it, assuming that Josh Jacobs is going to carry the ball, let's say 20 to 25 times. Uh, anything over four yards of carry, I think would be concerning because mm -hmm. no, number one, the Dolphins, and I posted this earlier this week, but if you look past week one against the Chargers where uh, their running backs, Josh, uh, Josh Kelly and Austin Eckler ran for 208 yards, the Dolphins are allowing 3.61 yards of carry to opposing running backs. So Josh Jacobs, uh, if he, if he's runs the ball 25 times and he's over four, four yards of carry, that's going to be over a hundred yards. And I don't think he gets there. He's been struggling this year. And a lot of that has to do with the Raiders offensive line. 
Yeah, I kind of look at the Giants game a few weeks ago on November 5th. He had 26 carries, 98 yards, 3.8 per. Uh, I God, if he scores two more touchdowns, that will be an issue. But I kind of looked at that as that, that benchmark. Uh, one more player I want to bring up, because I think as this Dolphins defense gets healthier, yes, we want to talk about Jalen Ramsey's impact and how Javon Holland's going to be the quarterback of this defense. But Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Facing an offense that is Devontae Adams that can line up all over the field, um, and you mentioned it, that this is a defense that doesn't want O'Connell to dink and dunk down the field. They want to take advantage of that. This, I feel, could be a big game for someone like Cater Kohu, where you have the, the blueprint, where you think about back to, what was it, week two, week three, the Stephon Diggs game, where he just absolutely torched Kohu. I can have to imagine the Raiders are going to look at Devontae Adams and, and try to do the same thing. Yeah, it's a a game that Cater Kohu could – move around the defense quite frequently and, and maybe even shadow him a little bit. Now, do you want really your third best cornerback uh, on Devontae Adams throughout the game? No, but it gives you the flexibility to, to move, to do what you want with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. So, yeah, I, I think there's, if Cater Co who has a big game here, shadowing Devontae Adams, if that's what the Dolphins decide to do. Yeah. It's going to be a long day for Aiden O'Connell. It's such a bummer, man, because this was a defense that Noah Gray was Kansas City's leading receiver, three receptions for 38 yards. Sky Moore, two for 33. MVS, two for 22. The bye week came at a perfect time, but man, this defense, I I just wanted to watch more of it because it was working so well. Yeah, you take out the first drive against the Chiefs, and they they also had a 95-yard drive for a touchdown, which, okay, that's a big deal. But I watched that in the All-22 several times. And the perfection that was needed on that drive from Patrick Mahomes, uh, it was incredible to watch. I mean, there was a, it was a third and five play where the Chiefs were back, where Chiefs had the, there the Chiefs were backed up uh, inside their own ten yard yard line, and it just required a perfect pass to Rasheed Rice, which he had to die for along the sideline to catch to barely get the first down. And then there was another play at the Sky Moore catch. It was 24 yards. Jalen Ramsey barely gets over his hand. Otherwise, he knocks it down, and it's fourth down. That drive almost ended four or five times. And it hey, it made the difference in the game um, in a one-touchdown game. But you still have to admire how hard it has started to look to score on this Dolphins defense. It goes back to the corny saying, the game of inches. Hey, I heard someone – we've heard what um, – Greatest show on surf is one of the things we've heard. I I can't think of any of the other names for this Dolphins offense I've gotten off the top of my head. Uh, But one I heard was the Miami Maddens, which I actually thought that was kind of funny because as you watch the highlights, I mean, it's just if you get Tyreek Hill open downfield, you're just pretty much doomed. Mike McDaniels had two weeks to kind of cook up this offense, let everyone get healthy. The blueprints out there that the way to stop this offense, you pressure Tyreek at the line of scrimmage, you play him physical, it's all you need to do, and he won't get his receptions. What has McDaniel been thinking about about the last two weeks and how this offense might progressively build going into the uh, late season push? You know, you look at the beginning of the year, the Dolphins seem to have a lot of perfectly timed 
creative plays in their back pocket. And we've, we've seen that still throughout, throughout the year, but I'm glad the bye week's coming right now where now he can go back into the lab and draw up some more things. That's, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm fascinated to see how that takes shape, but in this game, yeah, the blueprint is that you get to the dolphins with four or five, you, you first, you build a lead, get to the Dolphins with four or five um, pressuring the quarterback, press the receivers, and overall you've got to have great defensive talent. I don't think any of that applies to the Raiders. So you look at the cornerbacks, and their secondary has played very well over the last six or seven games. I mean, you look at the last six or seven games for the Raiders, they're allowing a quarterback rating of just 71, which is really low. They got killed in the first three games. Now, then again, the quality of corner of quarterbacks they faced over the last seven weeks hasn't been great either. It's Justin Herbert and a bunch of nobodies, but um, you know, they're, they do have some talent. And I think uh, Nate Hobbs, their slot cornerback is one of the more underrated corners in the league. Uh, you'll see him in the slot frequently. And on the outside, you're going to see Marcus Peters who Tyree kill absolutely took to the woodshed when the dolphins won that six touchdown game against the Ravens. Uh, last year. You're going to be seeing him. He only lines up on one side of the field. He'll be on the left side of the field, never goes to the right, doesn't travel with receivers. That's something to look out for. And then because you've got Nate Hobbs in the slot, you've got another outside cornerback. Normally it's a Meek Robertson, but he, as of the time we're recording this, uh, had a concussion. He's in the middle of a really good year. He's a scrappy, smaller player. He's out, and now you're going to rookie uh, Jacorian Bennett. And that could be a day for Jacorian Bennett, who has struggled uh, here, and now he's being promoted from the fourth corner to the third. Despite these issues at cornerback, I think that the Raiders actually also struggled are worse at stopping the run, I should say. I shouldn't necessarily say they struggle at times, but where do you see Mike McDaniel's approach really going in a situation like this? You're at home. You have five of your last eight games at home. You're the only team in the AFC that's still undefeated at home. I don't think he's going to come out and empty the clip. I mean, if there's going to be a big score, a large score here, I think it's going to be like Denver where it's a play that's broken, right? You have A-chan running away, Hill running away. I don't necessarily think this is going to be an offense that's just firing downfield for four quarters. No, and I think that's really the only situation the Dolphins can get themselves into trouble is if they come out, get over-the-top creative, and in doing so, they turn the ball over several times and give the Raiders life. I mean, just look at the run defense that you talked about for the Raiders. I mean, on the season – they're allowing 4.55 yards a carry to, to opposing running backs on 245 carries. The Dolphins' top two running backs, assuming HN comes back for this, are averaging 6.63 yards a carry between Raheem Mostert and, uh, and HN. So as the game wears down, I, I expect the Dolphins to have more and more success running the ball. So just overall, this is a terrible matchup game for the Raiders. If you were to pick someone to score two touchdowns in this game, who would it be? Uh, I'd, I'd go with Mostert because he's got the most. I mean, uh, and I didn't mean to say it like that. Uh, but he's Mostert has the most touchdowns on the team, and I, I, I think that they should rely heavily on him early on um, in these games, especially against these next five opponents, where you don't necessarily need to unload everything. Because um, mm-hmm. if if you look at you know the Broncos game and the Panthers game. Um, with uh, Devon Achan uh, toward the end of the game, it, when the defense is getting tired, 
then you put a healthy HN out there and he's by far the fastest player on the field. And you've got all these defenders huffing and puffing, trying to catch this guy. And that's, that's where I think uh, he's such a weapon later in these games, especially at home. Yeah. You know, now that you say that, I wonder if it'd be a good idea if the Dolphins, I mean, no matter what the spread is, if when they're at home live betting at halftime and just kind of rolling with it, I I think there might be something to that, that the heat really does, um, Mel opponents, it seems like. I agree. I think Mostert would be the two-touchdown guy. Are you concerned at all that Mike McDaniel might overthink things following uh, what happened in Germany? I know there was a lot of frustration from Raheem Mostert. They wanted to run the ball more, and they had success with it at the end. Is there any way he gets caught chasing his tail here a little bit? Yeah. The dangerous thing with McDaniel is sometimes he's two steps ahead of himself, as well as um, yeah as well as two steps ahead of, of the, of the other team. I mean, and, and I, an example of that is, was Raheem Mostert two carries for 44 yards in the final drive. And then it's like, you're completely trying to outthink the other team and throw them off so much that you're taking them out of the backfield. And mm-hmm. I thought that was completely unnecessary. So, but you, you know, you also can't overlook that since McDaniel has been the head coach of the dolphins in games like this, where they are favored, they are at home and they do need to win the game they pretty predictably take care of business. And I, I expect them to do the same thing here. Now that we've gotten to digest the uh, bye week, I want to get one more final question here from you. Uh, wide receiver three, when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, I know it's not the sexiest position, but I think a, uh, having that solid wide receiver three can be a big difference maker. I think they were missing that in Kansas City. Uh, two-parter, who surprised you most about in that role in the first half of the season? And who do you expect to be that leader going into the second half of the season? Yeah, good question. I mean, because you have so many receivers there. Robbie Chosen was was released here um, on Thursday, and they still have, they have four other receivers who have shown the ability. I mean, and they're also different. Like I said, I mean, Cedric Wilson, look, last week he had, he had the, the touchdown catch. And he's had touchdown catches and now consecutive weeks. So when he asked about who might score two touchdowns, like, man, it'd be cool if Cedric Wilson did and got four touchdowns in three weeks. And that became a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cedric Wilson, too, are also on at least three passes were not on the same page at all. And it, those were hurtful plays, uh, one of which was in the final two plays of the game. Uh, Chase Claypool, I think, really was signed with the intention to be kind of that big tight end. I thought he was challenging really Julian Hill. Uh, as opposed mm-hmm. to the wide receivers. But the big surprise, too, is not even necessarily the play, but the respect that River Craycraft has gotten. And he's now just been activated. I mean, Tyreek Hill, you know, I think half-jokingly said if he had to redraft everyone, he would say he would take River Craycraft. But he has some value because he's so tough. He's such a precise route runner, and he's the best blocking receiver that the Dolphins have. So I wonder – if having Craycraft back allows them to run a few other plays that they otherwise wouldn't be able to run. What's really interesting, if you go back, Cedric Wilson didn't get targeted. He wasn't on the field until River Craycraft got hurt. So I wonder if there's going to be as simple as unplug said and, and plug in River Craycraft. And sports are all the what ifs, the, the hypotheticals. But I mean, River Craycraft is your number three wide receiver against the Kansas City Chiefs. He has a slightly better connection with Tua. I'm not trying to blame, blame anyone there, but kind of get the years going wondering uh, what it could have been right and Braxton Berrios you know really haven't heard much of him um, over the last three weeks but uh, I know he's dealing with an injury but he did practice here so hopefully he plays and I hope he does play too uh, because I mean obviously I hope he plays but 
there is so much value in having a sure-handed punt returner. Um, and oh, yeah. let, let me ask you this. Who would you rather have as returning punts for the Dolphins? 2017 Jakeem Grant or Braxton Berrios today? I think Berrios today because Jakeem Grant was awesome. He was electrifying. He also dropped the football quite a bit. The one thing about Braxton is every single time he's back there, I ha- I don't have the slightest feeling that he's going to whiff on a ball or do something wrong. And I think that is so much more calming of a presence than the um, wild card roller coaster of Jakeen Grant, who not trying to hate, he was awesome. Yes, and uh, I don't. We shouldn't double jinx here, uh, Braxton Barrios. But yeah, he is sure-handed. Um, well, but I'll tell you what. Uh, the reason I say that is. And we didn't rehearse this either, I, but I wanted to ask you this, that because Jakeem Grant with the Dolphins fielded 101 punts in his career. He muffed 10 of them. He And lost, in, of those 10, he lost five. This guy was putting the ball on the ground one out of every 10 punt returns. So, yes, Braxton Berrios is not as explosive as Grant was, but I, I wanted no part of Jakeem Grant as a punt returner after a while because I'm like, this guy – is twice as likely to turn the ball over as he is to return it for a touchdown. That And and there was that one, I hate singling out one play, but there was a bomb that Tua threw him. Um, I, I can't even remember when, but it just kind of bounced off. the Bengals. That too just is stuck in my head. And it's really hard. I mean, that kind of shows what the Dolphins were at the time, right? They had a receiver that constantly dropped the football returning punts. And they just said that out loud and, and went with it. That, that kind of speaks to the point. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to have him back. And, you know, just uh, Austin Jackson, another big game for him this week, because Max Crosby is, to me, the second best edge player in the game, this side of Miles Garrett and nine and a half sacks on the season. What I like, though, is that, you know, and I've I've alluded to this in the past, is that when the opposing team has really one dominant pass rusher, but not much else. The Dolphins have been really good at chipping away on that pass rusher and making sure that he doesn't come in and take over the game. You see what you saw that against the Patriots in week two with Matt Judon. He had a sack, but other other than that, it was pretty quiet. Um, and, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau it, it was very, very quiet against the Dolphins. Uh, you know, Chris Jones as well. I mean, yeah, he, he got some pressures, but you don't see one of these defensive players for the other team against the Dolphins taking over. Some of that has to do with them being able to chip and strategize against them. Some of that has to do with how quickly the Dolphins and Tua get the ball out of their hands. It's so nice that everything's operating in the same direction. Yeah, Austin Jackson deserves all the love in the world. Still not the most consistent right tackle, but the fact he's played every single game, I know injury luck isn't always in your hands, but I think that's worth noting too. Cap, before I let you take off here, can I get a final thoughts of the game and maybe a final score prediction? So Dolphins are favored at the time we're recording this by, by 13 and a half. And yeah, I think they win big here and I'll go back to 2012 in Miami week three, the Dolphins played the Raiders. Reggie Bush ran for 160 plus yards and the Dolphins won that game 35 to 35 to 13. I believe it was. That's the exact score I'm going to go with here. Dolphins went 35 to 13 and yeah, we're really start. We really start to see this defense take form. And I'll give you another prediction over the next five weeks. Right now, the Dolphins are ninth in the league in sacks. Um, they've got. I had the number. I think they're no. Yeah, they're. They have twenty nine sacks. They're ninth in the league. Um, 
after this stretch of five games, the Dolphins are going to be in the top two in sacks. And here's why. You've got the Raiders here with a rookie quarterback and Aiden O'Connell. This is by far their biggest test. Um, the, the pass rush's biggest test over the next five weeks. After that, you've got the Jets twice, who are ranked 32 out of 32 by PFF on, on their offensive line rankings. Um, they've got the Titans, who are 31. And they've got the Commanders, who are 21, but on pace to allow the most sacks in NFL history. So it is time for this defense to really put some fear into people as we as, as we get into that home stretch. At Brian Cat NFL, you have said it all, my friend. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Another Dolphins Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Joshua for another game preview. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Until-